Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Reviews. This week, we are coming to you with the newest installment of the Terminator series, Terminator Dark Fate. As always, we will begin with a spoiler-free section, which will be my determination whether this is something that you would want to see in the movie theaters, whether it's something you would wish to wait for, possibly on your favorite streaming service or buying on Blu-ray, possibly one of those sweet little 4K discs, or whether it's something that you should ignore completely, maybe just wait for it to be on TBS reruns here in the next 10 years. After which, we will go into the spoiler-heavy section where I talk about all of the in-depth pieces that make the movie what it is. We will have all of those have scores, and those scores will add up to a bigger score of up to 100 points. You know, just like the papers we used to get back from our teachers before everything was, it's a smiley face or a frowny face, and then it actually mattered. It's like, you got a 97, congratulations, or you got a 60, we'll see you in the summer. Um... You know, just kind of the same old, same old. But here we go. I think this film was an interesting attempt to continue the franchise. Is it something that I would suggest seeing in a theater? Probably not. Unless you are just a diehard Terminator fan, this is probably something you're going to want to wait. It's worth a watch probably on a streaming service. I wouldn't buy it on a Blu-ray, personally, anyway. Um, I don't think that this movie brought anything to the franchise that was new or innovative or missing or anything like that. It was not an an amazing film. Neither was it a complete failure either. It didn't seem to get much traction at the theaters, but, um, you know, all in all, it's, it's an okay film. It's, it's one of those things that I'm not sorry I went to see it, but if I wasn't doing movie reviews all the time, I probably would not have gone to see it. Um, that being said, let's kind of just jump into it. Uh, both feet right into the, right into the bucket and, uh, we'll stick, hopefully stick the landing. Let's start with the director. The director of this particular film is Tim Miller. Uh, Now, I was kind of curious about what was going to happen with this movie because of that particular choice. I was mildly excited because that's that's Deadpool, the director of Deadpool. And he also did uh, effects for things like uh, Mass Effect 2 and Scott Pilgrim. Um, So, I mean, that kind of gave me a little bit of uh, hope for it. And I don't think he did terribly. Um, I'm not certain that the uh, script was necessarily one that lent itself to a lot of uh, a lot of leeway necessarily um but you know i mean all in all i think he he did what he needed to do and they got out of it what they needed to get out of it there's really not a lot to say on the director side of this i don't think just because i didn't see any glaring errors that i could you know lay at the feet of the director i also didn't see anything that just amazed me and go man that that choice right there that's that's got to be him and this is what made this or the feel was it, it just it just didn't stun and it didn't greatly disappoint on the side of uh, the director. So I'm just going to kind of gloss over this real quick and just give it an easy 15. That's my favorite score to give to a film when basically everything is done. 15 out of 20 that you need it to do and, and, it, and it basically is where it needs to be. Um, but let's move on to a more interesting category, at least for me always, and that's the casting, which can also be up to 20 points. Now, they brought it back uh, 
several of the mainstays that you would kind of want in a Terminator film. You've got Linda Hamilton reprising her role. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger essentially reprising his role. Um, but you also have new people coming in because it seems like in a lot of ways, this is intended as a film that is set up to pass the torch to the next generation and create this new kind of spinoff or this new iteration of the series that will pick up where the other one left off, still be a part of the universe, but have something for the current generations to really get behind. So they brought in like uh, Mackenzie Davis as Grace. She was in Blade Runner 2049 and The Martian, uh, where you might recognize her from. I thought she did pretty well. Uh, Natalie, uh, sorry, about called her Natalie. Natalia Reyes. Um, she's been in a ton of stuff. A lot of it uh, seems to be uh, Spanish uh, in in its uh, in its origins. So I'm not really familiar with it, um, but I'm going to have to assume she did a pretty decent job because she's got a fairly sizable resume of films, and I thought she did pretty decently in this film too. All in all, uh, Gabriel Luna. Uh, is in it as the the evil Terminator. Now, I was really kind of geeked to see this one because I saw him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Ghost Rider, and I thought he did great in that role. So it's like, oh, let's see what he can do as kind of a bad guy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, they didn't give him a lot of, and this is my fault, really. They didn't give him a lot of leeway to build personality. That's not a character that has a lot of personality. That's the point. It's kind of uh, an automaton. It's there to do a mission. There's a little bit of dialogue. A little bit of personality comes through, but eh, not much. Um, but it's got a very tight cast, not a, a huge ensemble. You, you, you've got just the core handful of people that are going to be in it that are going to be driving the film. Um, I think... And I know this was on purpose, and this is just my brain playing with me a little bit. Linda, Linda Hamilton looked tired uh, in the film, and I think that was on purpose because her character in the film was tired. But that's usually not the thing I want to see in my uh, kick-butt uh, protagonist uh, kind of character. And I, it wasn't always there. Just a couple couple times she just looked weary. Um, uh, Arnold looked slightly surprised in most of the scenes that he was in so a little little odd combinations here and there um but you know Mackenzie davis brought a uh fierceness to it uh, very nice um she 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 put everything it felt like she was really trying to breathe some um some passion that's the word i'm looking for a lot of passion into the role and i think she did a good job with that uh, Natalia Reyes looked uh, looked the right part of the did a good job of bringing out the the person coming into her own heroic um, self kind of a thing. I, I, I thought it all I thought it all worked pretty well. All in terms of the casting, it was pretty good casting, and everybody comported themselves well. But again, nothing that amazed me, and nothing that just kind of was man that person did a terrible job with that scene or anything. It was all just kind of okay. So I'm going to do much the same thing with the cast that I did with the director. I'm going to give that a 15 out of 20 as well. Moving on to costuming and props. Um, this type of a film can often lend itself to some really amazing um, costuming and prop work. Now, 
not a lot of props in this film. Um, not really. Uh, there weren't the, there were only a handful of uh, machine guns and all that sort of stuff, but nothing that really uh, was like the the MacGuffin or that one item that was going to be carried around and it was super important. So nothing to really fixate on that. And as far as the clothing, it's modern day clothing for the most part, with the exception of the flash forwards to the future where everybody's either in tatters or they're in their military gear. Uh, not a lot of, of <clears throat> creativity really to go into it. And what was there was a lot of muted colors and not a lot of not a lot of expansion into anything new or neat really, I didn't feel. So nothing, again, nothing terrible, but nothing amazing. Um, I want to give that an easy 7 out of 10. Uh, the locations. Now, this is this is an interesting thing. A lot of films have just a handful of locations that they focus on primarily. With this being more of a chase film, there are quite a lot of locations that they are in, trying to give a, a variety of looks and feels. But... Um, most of them were pretty run-of-the-mill as they kind of needed to be. The future areas you don't get to see a whole lot of. You get to see a little bit of battlefield in front of a bunker. Uh, you get to see kind of uh, bombed-out buildings uh, in a couple spots. Um, I mean, but in the main world, you've got a really nice cabin. Uh, the, the set for around the cabin was nice. The, uh, the train was uh, kind of a nice touch. Uh, the uh, factory in the beginning was a, a, an interesting location to start because you often don't get a lot of filming in these large industrial complexes like that. So that's kind of a fun, kind of a fun change. Um, the hydroelectric dam area not terribly interesting, very bland to end the phone and the phone and the film with. Uh, it also. Um, had a really nice bit on a plane, uh, the, the, the part in the plane that as a backdrop was nicely done because it's, it, those types of things have been done to death. A lot of films, oh, there's, we're in a plane and we're up a million miles and oh no, the bad guys are coming. And it's kind of, kind of standard stuff, but I felt that it came off better than most. Um, because I, I guess maybe because it's a, uh, uh, a plane that's a cargo plane, basically, and you, you're and you get a little bit more, um, a little bit more feeling of claustrophobia, but at the same time expansiveness because you know it's a cargo plane, but it's got a vehicle in it, and you're kind of bopping around as things are going wrong. It was it was a, a nice a nice location backdrop. Um, I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, it's kind of it was okay. Nothing that was amazing for the most part, but nothing that was too terribly disappointing. I'm going to give that a 7 out of 10, too. Uh, cinematography. Um, now, this is an area where I think, in most ways, this film can have a chance to really shine. Um, because it's sci-fi, and you get some good practical effects or good CGI. Um, they had good CGI. I mean, the Terminator effects were solid. Um, the... De-aging of Arnold was terrible. I mean, well, okay, that's overdoing. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Um, it just uh, just didn't quite look right. Looked more plastic than it really should have, I guess. Um, I thought they did a good job with the uh, young John Connor. I think he he looked good um, and very much um, very much looked like the original actor. 
uh, at that age. I thought they did that one pretty well. Um, but the the fight choreography, solid, really solid. Nothing nothing to disappoint. If you want to have some fun, um, fun back and forth, they, they did a great job with that. Um, <clears throat> uh, it keeps the flow of the film moving. The pacing, because of that, is, is pretty good. Because, again, it's a chase film, essentially. Um, but, again, there was nothing that just blew me away. I know it was intended with the endoskeleton uh, part of the Terminator along with the liquid. That was supposed to be, oh, now there's two of them. They can work independently. And that's the hook. And that's the neat new big thing. Eh, it's not really that neat new and big. It's still the same liquid effect that, that's been happening since Terminator 2. So not amazing on that side. Not as innovative as they might think it was. Um, it, it was okay. Um, the, the, the blandness of that uh, is more than compensated for. They've got great camera work. They've got really good angles. The lighting, um, the lighting and the, and the color tones, very good. Um, I, I was uh, impressed. Everything kept the, the, the tone of the movie where it needed to be. I was impressed on that side of things. Um, all in all, again, probably 15 out of 20. But let's go to the meat and potatoes. Now, the meat and potatoes, obviously, for me, is always the plot. We're going to start back a little bit with that new Terminator. I had a bit of a, a sticking point with that. The whole idea is that this is not the original future that the other Terminators were based out of. This is a whole new deal. But in the previous Terminator films, you started with the regular Terminator. I'm just in uh, basically a robot with human exterior. And then they moved to T2 where it's the liquid uh, because they needed to make it better so that they had a better chance to kill John Connor. Uh, and then in the future, they just always kind of adapted and improved because they previously failed. Well, this is an adaptation and an improvement where there's no need for one in the sense that this is a new future. There is absolutely no reason I can think of that they should have moved one step better than the previous version of the Terminator because there was no previous version of the Terminator, at least none that was alluded to at any given point in the film. So why is this one just a step above the previous models when there were no previous models? It's just kind of a it's not a huge plot hole, and it could probably be explained with some some extra stuff that could have been potentially snipped and left on the cutting room floor. But as it stands, it doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, I thought um, I thought that the I, I don't get where they're coming from. What what the purpose of the movie, other than the passing of the torch, was? I, I don't see where this bring something new to the table that was not already present in the previous films other than trying to shift from the concept of I'm protecting the next leader to you are the next leader. That's a really subtle, small shift that ultimately doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot of anything unless you give it enough time to develop in terms of uh, how it relates to to the person themselves and they spend so much time kind of playing cat and mouse with that 
that you only get one moment where it is revealed that she is the actual person that the uh, Terminators are being sent to kill because she is the leader. It doesn't give enough time for any real character development. Um, so it's empty, a little empty. Um, in addition to that, um, I thought the, um, the ending was a little flat. Um, I guess it basically cause it kind of ends like every Terminator ends. Terminator dies basically, probably we're not sure. Let's go off into the future. The only difference is that this time the new future person has somebody to train them and it's kind of a full circle thing in a way it harkens back a little bit to the original Terminator in, in some respects. But like I said, it just didn't, didn't do anything that made me, that made me go, this, this is going to be the next new big thing. Maybe that's why it didn't do so well in the the box office. Uh, Throw in with that, that there are way too many callbacks to previous uh, Terminators to, to previous uh, other like Schwarzenegger stuff. Uh, with little trying attempting to do little witty catchphrases that just they just did not fit and it was it was grown worthy uh, when when I saw them or I guess heard them pop up there was at least four possibly five <clears throat> instances in the film where it just they did that and it's just like oh just stop it make if you're gonna make this new make this new this is these little phrases are not why people are coming to see this particular film. Uh, it just it just didn't work, uh, at least in my perspective. Um, all in all, I think uh, I think it was a little disappointing. I was hoping for something big and new, a way to kind of wash away some of the other films that happened after Terminator Three that were maybe not quite as well received. Not I didn't like quite as much. You know, the fresh start. Maybe I'm being too harsh on the film, but I don't think so. Um, I'm going to give the plot and writing a 12 uh, out of 20, uh, bringing us to a grand total of 72 out of 100. Now, that is uh, still pretty solid. That puts us into uh, C- minus range. I mean, it's still, like I said, it's still a, a fun watch. It's just not one of those things now that I've seen it that I ever want to see again, which on an action movie, that's kind of my bread and butter. I love watching action movies, uh, especially sci-fi or fantasy action movies over and over. It's this, this just doesn't have that kind of appeal. Uh, but what did you think? Let us know on social media or on our website. We have forums on www.everybodylovespudding.com or of course you can see us on uh, Real Pudding Guys on Twitter or Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. We even have a Patreon page where for just a dollar a month, you can help the Pudding Guys produce more content, find more people to talk to, which is my favorite part, the interviews. Love the interviews and be able to bring new stuff to you and possibly even new tools. We're going to have some interesting new stuff coming to Patreon here shortly. Uh, and uh, you just stay tuned. It's, it's some good stuff. But until next time, keep watching those movies and uh, keep overly analyzing, just like me. And we're going to be best of friends. 